Praise God forever. Well, I hope that you're ready to hear a word. Now, let me inform you, this is not the Methodist Church. And uh, if you're visiting from Methodist Church, we hope that uh, you came to see some excitement. Hallelujah, because we are Pentecostals. And uh, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in shouting, clapping our hands. Yes, we do believe run in the aisle. Hallelujah. And we believe in being joyful unto the Lord. So tonight, if you see some what you think is strange behavior, it's normal behavior. Hallelujah. It is normal behavior to get beside ourselves to give God our best. Hallelujah. So without any further ado, let's stand our feet and let's welcome our guest speaker for tonight, Dr. Lawrence Powell. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good to be here at Only Believe Church, Only Believe Ministries. And I believe God. How about you tonight? Yeah, well, pastors set the stage. I, I am uh, grateful for the presence of the Lord Jesus. He's obviously in the midst. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I believe the Lord is here to, uh, he, he, he showed up and, and he's here to show out. And if you'll touch heaven, heaven will touch you back. Amen. So let's give it up for the Lord Jesus one more time. God, our Father, Holy Spirit, thank you for being in our midst. Amen. And uh, I, I don't think you can find a finer uh, leader or leadership than what you have been blessed with here in the persons of Pastor Peter and Phyllis Dosick. Amen. Let's give it up for them big time. Come on. They, 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 are, they are smart enough, um, good-looking enough, um, uh, creative enough to be doing a whole lot of other things if they wanted to, but they are what we call sold out for the Lord, and they have given their lives for ministry to advance the kingdom, and we celebrate you, uh, dear brother, my brother and sister, and appreciate them so very much, and um, we're glad also to see uh, Pastor Philip and and uh, Regina here tonight as well. We're going to have the pleasure of being with uh, them on tomorrow evening. Um, well, for some of you, I may be um, new, uh, so you, you've been introduced, but if I might add to that introduction, I am saved, sanctified. Not crankified, but sanctified. Filled with the Holy Ghost, that with a mighty burning fire on my way to heaven and enjoying the trip. That's how we used to say it during testimony times when I was growing up in New Jersey. And uh, I, just, I love God. I, you, you, I just, I, I can't even express how much I love God. When I look back over my shoulder and I see what God has done for me, uh, I don't need the worship leader to suggest a praise. I, I don't need anybody to, 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 to try to uh, provoke me to praise or persuade me to praise or make me praise. When I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me, Truly, my very soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. When's the last time you thanked him just for salvation? Would you take about 20 seconds with me here, and let's just make a joyful noise to the God of our salvation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 
Sometimes we can be real superficial and just, you know, we'll, we'll thank God for things, a new car, a promotion on the job, this, that, and the other. But listen, if I never get another new car, if I never get another promotion, I'm going to be praising for all of eternity that he looked beyond my faults, saw my need. Oh, what amazing grace. And I praise him and I bless him. I glorify him. I believe the Lord is already in the midst. And I love being in the Pentecostal church. I was raised Pentecostal. No apologies. At the time, when I was a kid, I was a little embarrassed. You know, we had the smaller church in the city, and, um, um, you know, we had a clock on the back wall like this one here. Well, a different kind of clock, but it was on the back wall like in the building here. But for us, that clock meant absolutely nothing. So they had a start time, but there was no end time. Um, my, my dad was, was Baptist, and uh, you go to church. My dad's church, um, they started at 11, and they were out at 1 p.m. sharp. And um, my, my dad's Baptist church, though, wasn't the liveliest one, so it had two hours seemed like five. I said, well, let me go back to mom's church. At least there's a Hammond organ, drums, and, and cowbell, and, <laughs> and washboard. They took literally, when the scripture says, let make a joyful noise unto the Lord, that's what they meant, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But I'm telling you, there was a time, pastors, I thought, well, when I get a certain age, I'm done with church. And, you know, I love God and all, but I'm kind of like done, done with church. But here I am today, now a pastor in the Lord's church and honored and humbled. Something about being in a right environment and being raised up where people who didn't know the Greek or the Hebrew back then, they knew the simplicities of uh, principles and, and, the, and what's profound in them. They knew how to call on Jesus. They knew something about the blood of Jesus. I would hear the saints say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. They knew about pleading the blood. They knew the power of the name. They knew about praising and worshiping God. They praised God like there was no tomorrow. God in that kind of atmosphere performed miracles and folk would get saved and healed and delivered. Drunks would come into the church drunk but leave sober. Uh, well, they would leave drunk but drunk in the Holy Ghost. And so that same living person and presence and power of the Lord Jesus Christ is right here tonight. And I just believe God's going to do something on your role. How about you tonight? I believe he's going to do something in this place. Amen. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. I, I want you to look at somebody and just, just shout. Yeah, yeah, I believe him. I believe him. I believe him. I believe him. I believe God. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, the first thing I'd like you to do is, um, I, I, you know, and, and we've given honor to, to the leadership here today, but, 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 but you is impotent too. At somebody, please. I want you to look at it. Maybe I need to step back here. I want you to look at somebody, please, and just love them and you appreciate them and tell them you are Christ. Yeah, you are. You are important. You are important. You may be seated. And thank God for Eric Smith. Man, I, I love Eric. That's my brother from another mother. He's darker than me. But we're brothers. Amen. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. And, 
we're going to share a few verses and, and uh, present a teaching tonight and minister as the Lord gives us his grace and his anointing to do so. And I believe, again, he's here in the midst and want you to listen to what God has to say to us today, that your faith may be increased, your faith enriched. Um, the blessings of the Lord are here, and I want us to tap into that. Amen. Our Father, our hearts are open to receive from you tonight. Speak through these lips of clay. I need you, Father. I need your unction, your anointing. Without your anointing, I can do nothing. But with it, burdens may be, will be removed and yokes will be destroyed. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your glory as well, for your glory that's in this place. For your glory, Lord, is filling this place and filling our hearts. And I know in the presence of your glory, great things happen. Healings happen. Deliverances take place. Addictions are destroyed or broken and destroyed. And, uh, and uh, miracles happen. So, Lord, let it happen in the name of Jesus for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I want to read for you verse 25 and 26 of Exodus chapter 23. So... You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. And let the church say amen. Um, I, you know, I feel at, like I'm at home, so I'm probably going to act like I'm at home, and this is what I do at home. Please look at your neighbor, and I want you to say to your neighbor, you can be healed. Somebody sitting on the next side of you, tell them the same thing. Point at them. You're God's representative. You can be healed. I've selected um, this, this title. It's a simple title, and I'd like to take credit for it, but if you've, if, if you've been around um, town for a little bit or, 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 or understand um, Pentecostal charismatic church history, uh, you'll know that uh, that phrase was a phrase, uh, I don't know if it was coined by, but it certainly was used by the late, great Gordon Lindsay, who wrote a book entitled, You Can Be Healed. Well, I read that book as a teenager when my sister had been diagnosed with scoliosis, a curvature of the spine. I was just coming into uh, an understanding or a revelation of, of, of God's um, will for us as believers and, and what God would even do through us as believers, not just the, the apostle, the, the, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor or teacher, but the usher, the, the children's church teacher, uh, you know, the deacon, that, that these signs shall follow them that believe. So it was around this time as well that I began to learn about principles of prayer. Uh, the prayer of agreement was one of those that I had learned about how when you come together, any two or three of you touching and agreeing, being in agreement, being in sync, being in harmony with the same heart, the same desire, the same passion, the same faith, that the Lord Jesus said, I'll be in the midst. And uh, I read um, uh, this book about um, you healing and God's will for healing. And, and I, I told my sister, I'd like you to read this book as well. And I said, and let's pray and let's believe God. Uh, my parents had to uh, uh, get a brace for her. She had to be fitted for a back brace. And she had to get a mattress, a, a, a firmer mattress. And so that was all done. But she read the book and 
Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so the book was filled with scripture about healing. And, and I hadn't seen it on that level before, though I grew up in a Pentecostal church and hearing about healing and seeing pastor pray for people and pe people being healed was something that was a usual occurrence uh, for us. However, I hadn't dealt with it personally. And so uh, I said to my sister, read the book. She read the book. She had faith to believe God as well. And I said, well, let's stand together in agreement. Let's pray and believe God to touch and heal your body. And so I had her to sit on that new mattress that she received. And well, I had never done this before, so I said, well, let me do it like my pastor. And I just kind of put one hand on her back and I put the other one on her forehead. And it wasn't any um, grand prayer. I just prayed and I asked God to heal her of this scoliosis in Jesus' name. And as I was standing here before you today, that was when we both were a teenager. My sister's a year older than me. God healed her body. She never had to wear the brace. She got a new bed out, to, out of it. But to God be the glory, God healed her body, and she's never had any problem with that. My mother still has the brace just as a testimony of God's healing grace and what God can do. So this is not just something that I've heard of. Um, it's something that I've seen and witnessed with my own eyes. I was sharing with someone recently of a story that uh, I will, or, or an, in, an occasion um, in, of ministry that I will never, ever forget. And it was probably now uh, about 17, maybe even 18 years ago. Um, I was in uh, our, we were meeting in a school at the time. And um, it was so, there were so many people there, and I felt bad. You know, we as pastors, we want people to be comfortable, this, that, and the other. And I hadn't done this before, but I just felt impressed to just leave the platform and go down and tell folk who were standing outside, hey, we're going to try to get you seated as soon as possible. And when I went to do that, this lady came um, past me, moving very quickly, trying to get to the door. She needed some air. Um, uh, and, and her friend who brought her to church said, uh, she, she's not feeling well. She's sick. And, and would you pray for her, pastor? And I said, certainly I will. So I followed her outside and it was November and it was just a little chill in the air. And um, I'm out there and I didn't ask her what the issue was. And it probably was good that I didn't ask because if she had told me it might affected my, my, my faith. It could have been a little scary. I didn't know that she was dealing with cancer and that uh, she um, really was at a, a, a terrible point as far as the advancement of it and, and the stage of cancer that she had. So um, I just began to talk to her, not knowing what was her issue. I began to share with her to encourage her faith about um, how that you can be healed. And I talked to her about the Lord Jesus and how he's here today, even now to heal you. And, and if you allow me, I'll pray with you. And so she said, please. And so there were a couple of ladies that were standing behind her. And uh, I went to lay my hands on her to pray, and I got like the first part of prayer out my mouth. I said something like, I guess just, well, Father, in Jesus' name, when all of a sudden, it seemed like it came out of nowhere. I've never had this experience before nor since, but this strong wind just came from behind me, and I felt it like hit me in my back. I stopped praying. That's how, that's how um, powerful it was, and I stopped like this, and I turned around to say, where in the world did that come from? And when I turned back, I looked, and the leaves behind her were like in a tornado effect. And I'm like, wow, whoa. And other ladies were like, okay, what is this? So I, did, I just kind of dismissed it as, well, that was just wind. And I went on and prayed for her again. Well, 
That was a Sunday afternoon. She was scheduled, unbeknownst to me, for surgery on Tuesday. And she went in for surgery, and this was, I understand, a last-ditch effort to, um, to, to try to uh, prolong her life. Um, they went in to do surgery and couldn't find the cancerous mass in her body. Doctors thought, well, maybe it's under, on the other side, under the organs. And so they went searching, and they could not find the cancer in her body. They had the test. They had the, the, the pictures. They had all of that, but they couldn't find the cancer. And so now they're asking her, hear me, they're asking her live-in Muslim boyfriend. Yeah, story changes somewhat now, huh? Yeah, yeah. She, she had no real faith in God. Somebody told her about it, and uh, she came, and her Muslim living boyfriend said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is. All I know is she said that she went to church, and the people prayed for her. Well, to the glory of God, that healing testimony became an even greater one because she got saved, he got saved, they got married. God spared her life. God spared her life. And there was a young lady that came to, to our church, young lady, young, perhaps 20, uh, 21, perhaps at the, the oldest, and, and she had cancer. And, uh, and uh, um, she looked, oh, you could tell she was in a bad way. She came uh, in sweats, and, and uh, you, know, you know how when you're really sick, you don't care how you look? Well, she didn't like, and not that she looked horrible, you could just tell she was in that place where she didn't, I, I'm, I'm coming to church because somebody invited me. I had to put her in a seat, and uh, she was so weak, and here's a young woman, and she's dying with cancer, and we prayed for this woman, and uh, laid hands on her, and had the church to, to join me in prayer, and believe God to touch her and heal her body. Well, to the glory of God, he did just that. He healed her body. A few months later, she came through the church, and, and I saw this beautiful young lady walking past me, and she paused, and she said, hi. And I was like, hi. And she said, do you remember me? And I'm like, help me. She said, you prayed for me. I was like, oh, my God, because how she looked healed was different from how she looked sick. So she gave a testimony that night to talk about how God healed her body. And this was on a Wednesday evening. On Friday, she had to go to her physician uh, and prep for, I think, some treatment that they were going to have. And they did some testing. And by the time she got home, she got a call. And they said, you've got to come back here. Something, something's wrong. You need to come back to the doctor. And she became very fearful as to what, what, what happened. And so she gets back to the doctor. And they're just asking question after question. And, well, what, have you changed your diet? Have you done this, this, that, and the other? He said, so why are you asking me all this? She said, because... We can't find the cancer in your body anymore. We have the pictures, but here are the new pictures. It's not there. And she said, I just went to church and they prayed for me. And God touched and healed her body. Well, you know what? I learned something a long ago about our God. He's God and he doesn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Not only did he heal uh, during the great healing revivals of the 40s and the 50s. Not only was he healing and performing miracles at Azusa Street and in the early days around the world, but what he's done then, he's doing now. All he needs is some folk. All he wants is some folk who will dare to believe him that God indeed will heal and God will deliver. I want to read you a quote from um, one of uh, uh, my favorite pastor leaders, in, 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 the, in the entire world, and he's up in his 80s now, had the pleasure of meeting Jack Hayford some time ago, and I just love Jack Hayford. And Jack Hayford, um, he wrote this, who can wonder why people don't pray? If healing is a wild goose chase, then let's forget it. 
So often prayer for healing ends up as a last ditch proposition, an expression of, res of, of a resignation to faith, fate rather an assignment of blame to the creator. So who needs it? The only reason to pray under these circumstances would be to pacify a God who taunts us from on high or to kneel before a vicious deity lest we further incite his wrath. This is the prayer of the, of the heathen, groveling before gaudy idols, hoping for a little luck in exchange for incense burned. This is not the God we serve. In fact, if you consider elsewhere in the text, in, 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 in Scripture rather, in this book of the Bible, in Exodus chapter 15, you will see what uh, um, the scripture, uh, I'm going to give you the exact verse in a minute. Hold up a second. Uh, verses 22 through, um, through 26. I want to read those for you here. It says, so, Mo, uh, excuse me, Exodus 15, 22 through 26. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters there, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, uh, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, or Jehovah, uh, or Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who heals us, not just of some of our diseases, but all of our diseases, the Lord, everybody say the Lord. Whenever you see in the King James Version or the, the New King James Version, perhaps most, most translations, when you see Lord in caps, it is uh, uh, an indication that that is Jehovah or, or Yahweh. Um, Yahweh, Jehovah, uh, Jehovah is our English way of saying Yahweh. You remember uh, the Hebrews treated that name with such, uh, say, say, they, they treated the name as, as such um, a, a sacred name um, that they used that surrogate name, Adonai, um, so as not to profane the name of the Lord. But here, what we find is the covenant name of God. When Moses was given his assignment to go and to deliver the people of Israel from Egyptian bondage, you know, Moses is just challenged with this assignment. Like, you calling me? I'm slow of speech. You, surely you, you must be talking about somebody else. And, uh, well, God, who shall I say send me? Because they're going to want to know. And the Lord said, tell them I am that I am. Tell them Yahweh, tell them Jehovah, tell them Jehovah sent you. I am that I am. Everybody say, I am that I am. That is the covenant name of God. I am that I am. You can think of it this way. I am that I am. Whatever it is you need me to be, that's who I am. You need a deliverer? I am. You need a healer? I am. You need a savior? I am. You need a way maker? I am that I am. You need a lawyer in the courtroom? I am. Do, 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 do you need somebody to fight for you? I am. He is all of that to us. And so what we find here in the compound name Rapha or Jehovah Rapha, Rapha being heal or to heal, the Lord says, I am 
the covenant God, that's the covenant name of God, Yahweh, and I'm letting you know that if you need healing, I'm the one to go to. Don't put your trust in the human doctor who's practicing medicine. Put your trust in God. Believe God, the, the great physician. I'm not saying that you can't go to the physician and the physician um, is, is unable to assist you or help you, but you can't put your trust in the physician. Not here on earth. You got to put your trust in God because the, 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 the physician here on earth is limited. He, he, can only get, he or she can only give you what they know, what they've studied, what they think. But I've seen God defy all odds and God reverse the course of things. And when the devil said, this is it and you're going to die, God says, you shall not die but live and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. I just sense in my spirit right now that we need to make that declaration because there's somebody here that's been perhaps given some bad news or somebody here that's simply fearing uh, uh, an untimely death or you're not going to live out your days, but the devil is a liar. I want you to just shout it out with me. Say, I shall not die, but live and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. Come on, let's take about 10 good seconds and let's seal that with a great praise, a holler, a hallelujah. Come on, live, 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 live. Maybe, maybe folk died at a certain age in your family line, but the devil is a liar. You're going to live past that time and you're going to fulfill your days here upon the earth. He says, I am the Lord who heals you of all of your diseases, not just some, but all of your diseases. I thought, though this be truth and we do not argue with truth, we say yes, Lord, to the truth of your will, to the truth of your word. And why then are some not healed? What's going on? And uh, one of the things I've found very clear in Scripture is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 1. And I'm going to read for you some verses here. And is that okay? Um, I'll read just a little bit here. Um, well, in the interest of time, uh, let's just look at verse 1 and see here that Jesus is coming to his own country. He's coming to his own hood, y'all. Coming to the neighborhood, right? And his disciples follows them there. And so he's teaching in the synagogue. And those who are hearing him, they're like astonished. They're like, man, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom? is this which is given to him uh, that such mighty works are being performed. Isn't this just the carpenter's son? He, you know, the, 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 the son of Mary, and he's got brothers and sisters. Who is this? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, he could not do mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. One of the reasons some do not come to healing is because of what I call, and you probably heard it um, referenced the same, as a spirit of familiarity. Sp spirit of familiarity. They, they did not see what others saw of Jesus because they saw him grow up in their hood. They saw him playing. They saw him in the synagogue. They didn't see him for who he really was, the Messiah, Christ, the Son of God. So that they, they did not uh, approach him with the faith that others who did not have uh, all of the uh, presuppositions or opinions or perspectives about him. See, um, that same spirit of familiarity exists in our world today, even in the church today. Some folk would rather spend 
$1,000 for plane and hotel room to go to the big name evangelist crusade. When you got a man and woman of God right here in, in Bakken's, Ohio, you can save you some plane fare and, and get that to him so he can go and, and crusade around the world. When I was at ORU, I heard one of the preachers share of a story um, where I think it might have been Jerry Savelle or one, one of the preachers was talking about how that um, there was a woman who came up for prayer and she wanted prayer uh, for a heart condition and he began to pray for that, but he could see that she had a goiter as well. And so he went on to pray for the goiter and she slapped his hand away. She said, I'm saving that one for Oral Roberts. She, she just missed out big time. Listen, if it's a child, God will move through a child and bring healing. Amen. Yeah, a woman, a man, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter the ethnicity. We're talking in the name of Jesus. I, you just want to be healed. But don't realize what you have in your very midst. And then there's this issue of unbelief. They just didn't believe him. Unbelief or doubt being the opposite of faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Not wishful thinking here, but confident expectation. Faith is the, is the evidence of things hoped for that I confidently expect. Huh? It, it, is, it, is the, it is the it's the substance rather of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. So my faith is in God. That what I hope for, what I expect with confidence will be brought into the right now reality. There shall be a manifestation of those things spoken by God, that God will honor his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Will I hear the promises of God? And so I, I've discovered in scripture that the faith that was once and for all just, just given to the saints or instruct, entrusted to the saints was such that, 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 that God is not a man that he should lie. In fact, God's not a man. When God utters a word when God says I'm going to do such and such you can expect that God's going to do that and so let the church say amen huh because all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes huh and amen through us so when the promise is given God is saying yes I'm not teasing you I'm not playing with you I'm not trying to trick you I mean what I say I say what I mean and all you and I need to do is shout amen so be it I believe God you sang it earlier, and I, I loved it. 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 It's, a, it's, a, it's something that we probably say over and over again. We can't even count the times that we've said, said it, but I want you to just say it again. Say, God is good. We sang about how good he is. He's a good God. He, he's, a, he's a good God. He's not a flipping God. He's not a bad God. The devil is a bad devil, but God is a good God. See, the scripture says in Psalm 34 and 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. God's goodness is his benevolence to his creation. Or you can put it this way, it's his kindness that's exhibited toward us, his children, his people. He is not reluctant to be good because that would be uh, uh, contrary to his nature. Uh, he, 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 he is good automatically. He is good intentionally. Uh, he's always good. There's nothing bad about him. What, what, what we call here 
good on earth pales in comparison to the goodness of the Lord. For the goods here on earth all suffer from imperfection, but there are no imperfections in God. He's good all around. He's good everywhere. He's good every morning. He's good every afternoon. He's good every night. He's good even when you didn't get what you demanded of him. He's good. I know you wanted to marry that brother, and you prayed about it. You confessed it. You walked around the church three times and said, that's my man. That's my man. And then that man married somebody else. Well, you didn't realize that still was the goodness of the Lord. God was saving you from a miserable life married to that scoundrel. Mm. God's goodness to us is seen in his character. It's also seen in his actions or his activities among his people. Psalm 119 and 68 captures both of these truths when it says you are good and you do what is good. God wants you to understand this of him, that he's going to do what is consistent with his nature. You can trust him. You can trust him when you can't trace him. He's a good God. And because he's a good God, he does good things. And healing, deliverance, miracles, those are good things. Well, you know it, Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, right? Forget not of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals you of all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, the seat of your emotions, your intellect, uh, uh, the, the place of your will. Bless the Lord with everything. Can we just pause for a moment? Let's just bless him. Let's bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And while you're blessing him, bless him because he forgives you of your iniquities and heals you of all of your diseases, satisfies your mouth with good things, renews your youth like, a, like the eagles. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Bless him because he is good. To Acts 10 and 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing is a good thing because God is a good God. Furthermore, Luke 4, verses 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God is a good God, and God does good things great things, not only for the matriarchs and the patriarchs of old, but for each of us here today, we can expect that this same God is alive and well and yet doing good, his wonders to behold. Can't give a teaching on healing, with a, in, in, in my opinion, without just sharing um, just some things that are important because, you know, we live in a, in a, in a generation um, or, or in a time, rather, and many of us are part of a generation that just you know, they, they want magic wand, just wave over me, uh, and then everything's going to be right and well, and you got to work with God. You have to partner with him. Um, there is supernatural healing. Amen. Thank God for supernatural healing. But then there's also what we call natural healing that, that, that comes from practical things like getting plenty of rest, like eating the right things. Sound, sound like a Lutheran church here now. It got real quiet on me, Pastor. Didn't you hear? 
They went from Methodist to Lutheran. It's real quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to eat the right kind of diet. I'm amazed where people will come, come in the prayer line. Can you pray for me, Pastor? And I got hypertension and uh, diabetes. <laughs> That's diabetes, y'all. Come on. And uh, you'll pray for them to God heal them. And as soon as the service is over, they're heading out to Cheesecake Factory. And they're going to eat everything that they're not supposed to eat. You got to cooperate with God. You got to get out there and exercise. Every now and then you got to fast. That don't mean go to fast food restaurant and eat fast. Every now and then you got to turn the plate over. That don't mean turn the plate over and eat on the bottom side of the plate. You got to fast. You got to detox. You got to clean your body. You got to work with the Lord. Amen. You got to work with him. Sometimes doctors will prescribe medications or, or, or surgeries or whatever, and these are considered in the natural process of healing, and certainly God can work through those situations. But I want to challenge you today to have faith in God for his hand touch that can provide healing in your body and, and, and provide deliverance. Um, you know, back in the day, um, Pentecostals, um, had you, they were distinctive. There were, there were, there were a, a list almost a mile long of things that you could not do. That list has shortened over the years. And I'm not suggesting that everything that's on that, that, that list um, or everything that was, was on that list and is no longer on that list shouldn't be on that list. Some, I think, need to be on that list again because we represent Jesus Christ. And I, I feel like how we live, we, we should be moral people. We should be ethical people. We should be people giving the truth. When I was a kid growing up, smoking and drinking was sins. That was going to take you to hell. And my God, I know, I, maybe not here in Ohio, but the folk in New Jersey just about a couple of weeks ago, they were being real tempted with that whole lottery thing. I was in D.C., and my hotel was next to a liquor store. The devil was talking to me, talking about, come on in here. Come on in here and get you a number. And while you're in here, get something to drink. <laughs> but I said, the devil is a liar. I want to trust God. And after the, after the numbers were, were pulled, obviously nobody in my congregation won because I didn't get a tithe, that kind of check. Um, uh, but I believe that we should walk with the Lord in an honorable way, walk with him. And, and folk, folk want, want what's in his hands, but I tell folk often, don't seek his hand, seek his face. When you seek his face, you'll get his hand. You'll get everything you need from him. And so just live and walk with the Lord so that you can appropriate the covenant of blessing. So if it means changing your diet or doing whatever you need to do, exercise, do that. And it's more than just arm exercises. You know, get out there and get on the treadmill and, and walk and take the stairs and tell, and instead of the elevator and, 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 and exercise and eat right and appropriate these principles that God has given to us in his word to take care of our temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of it. Take care of what you have because each and every day you get older. So take care of it so that when you get older, you'll have a, 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 better, a better body, a fit body, so that you can continue to do the work of the Lord. You want to do the work of the Lord, but you're eating fried chicken all the time. I hope we're not messing up. Are we going out to eat after this? <laughs> fried chicken, here we come. But I don't eat it all the time. But just monitor what it is that you're doing. This gospel it, it, it has in it this provision for healing uh, for, the, for, the, for the sinner. 
there's the promise of salvation for for the for the addicted for the bound there's there's the promise of deliverance for the sick and infirm there's the promise of healing we see this throughout the scriptures in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, Jesus going about preaching the gospel and healing those who are sick of all kinds of sickness and disease. We see in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says uh, that we are as the church of Jesus Christ, the disciples of the Lord to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You are blessed to have a, a, a leader that sees that as a right now reality and goes all around the world. I mean, this is wonderful that you have a leader that knows that the world is bigger than the church with the silo in the backyard, that there are folk in, uh, in Uganda and Philippines and Italy that need salvation. And I tell you what, you may not be able to go with them, but if you fund the ministry, you fund the mission, then you get the reward right along with pastor. Thank God for this church that sees the world as an opportunity to bring the message of the gospel, to preach to them about salvation, then to minister to them healing and for the healings and the miracles that have been seen and witnessed by your pastor. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. I like to do this, and I like to encourage people. In fact, every first Wednesday of, uh, of, uh, of, of, the, of the month, we do something we call healing school at noontime at, at the church. And I, I, I look forward to those times of sharing with them because it's not just for people who need healing, but it's to train people so that they can bring healing to wherever they are. Uh, you know, pastor is, you know, he's spry. He moves about. I mean, he... He hunts, he's killing everything, deer, boars, all kinds of stuff. I told him he could come to my, my state on my, in my neighborhood. I live on Doe Trail. I saw deers this morning when I was trying to come here. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, you have a man that uh, is limited um, by virtue of him being one person, a treasure in one earthen vessel. Um, but what you can do then is you can expand the ministry and the reach of the ministry by being taught and being trained, and you then can go where he cannot go. He can't be on your job uh, all at the same time. He can't be in every mall, in every hospital room, but you're deployed, you're out there, and Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not just the apostle, not just the prophet, not just the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, but you who are believers. In my name they shall cast out devils. You shall exercise authority over the demonic realm. When the devils show up, you don't have to get scared, grab your Bible, and run to the back of the church. I promise you, you're too slow. He'll be back there before you can get there. You don't need to be afraid of the devil. You take authority over him, over everything that's like him. Cast the devil out because that's the power that you have in Christ and in the name of the Lord. And they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God doesn't want just the preacher man to lay hands on the sick. He wants you believers to stir up the gift of God in you and you go ahead and lay your hands uh, on the sick and see them receive their healing. I love what the scripture says um, uh, with respects to healing uh, even for today and in James chapter 5 and 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Furthermore, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. In other words, prayer works. Use the example of Elijah who prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain for a time until he prayed again and then the heavens released the rain. Well, for some of you, you prayed 
it's time for you to pray again. And this time, watch the heaven release its provision and, and its blessings and its deliverance and its healing. And for each of us, it's important that we live in this each and every day in every area of our lives. Your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done. Not on, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come or come kingdom of God. Be done your will. God's got a will in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no infirmities in, he uh, in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. And so the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever you bind on earth is bound, uh, is bound because it's already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose already because it's already been loosed in heaven. So what we do is we take heaven's victory and we enforce it here on earth. Anybody believe that besides me up here? Let's praise the Lord for the promise of his word. Look at your neighbor one more time, please, and tell him you can be healed. Tell him, furthermore, you can be delivered. You can be whole. And if you need a miracle today, the miracle is here in the room. Join me standing. Let's pray. I could share more, but I, I want us to have some time of prayer and ministry um, here uh, before the time gets away from us. Just want to share some things. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The first thing I want to do is, is, is pray for somebody here who doesn't need healing in the body necessarily, but you, you, you need to be born again. You're, you're, you need to receive salvation. As I said a moment ago, don't, don't seek the hand of God. Seek the face of God, and you'll get everything he has need of. The promise is if you seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6 and 33, if you seek first the kingdom of God, Seek God's kingdom, his rule, his reign, his dominion, his authority, his way, his MO, his mode of operation. Seek the kingdom of God first, and everything that you have need of will be added to. You won't have to worry about where you're going to live, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. God says, I'll provide everything that you have need of. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your soul. I love the promise of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's not a sin you've committed that he cannot heal. He cannot forgive you of or he cannot deliver you of. Just trust him. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. He's the only way to salvation. No other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. To agree with God, yes, Lord. Forsaking all others, I, I, I declare, Jesus is Lord. With the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Love Romans 10 and 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will not ignore you. He will not reject you. He will save you. And when he saves, he saves completely. To the utmost, he saves. No, no such thing as half saved, partially saved. He'll save you completely. And you can walk in his love, his grace, and his goodness for the rest of your life. I want to pray for you first if you're here today and you need Jesus Christ and your Lord. Stop running from him. Run to him. Perhaps you stumbled in here today where God ordered your steps and you just didn't know it. You're here today to receive salvation from the one who loves you far more than I could possibly say. 
So if you're here today and say, Pastor, just pray with me. I, I want Christ. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be saved. If that's you, just slip up your hand and, and wave at me if that's you. And I want to pray for you first. If that's you, I'll leave you there. I'll leave you there. I don't want to assume just saints come midweek service. If you're here today and you need them, come. Just raise your hand rather that I can see who you are. Perhaps you're a backslider. You've kind of gotten off track. He's a forgiving God. Thank God for the promise if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've gotten off track, you can get back on track and receive restoration today in Jesus' name. Just say, forgive me, Lord. Confess the sins and receive restoration. Just vow to God, you be my help. I'm, I'm not going to do that again. I'll not continue down that path. We don't want any doors open where the enemy can come in and attack you. Praise the Lord. If you need a healing touch today, I want you to leave your seat and join me right here at this altar. If you need a healing touch, if you need deliverance from something, some struggle or something just going on in your life, we're not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray for you. That's why we're here tonight and believe God for you. Just come. Let's just worship as they're coming, saints. Let's just worship people of God. Intercessors pray. Worshipers worship. There's healing in the midst. His presence is here. expectation even as we worship as we worship as I see many of you doing already just touch heaven just touch heaven Yokes are destroyed. Yokes of every kind. Some of you may be here already. Uh, we're dealing with some areas of struggle, perhaps habits, addictions, something that you need to leave here at this altar. If you're not already here, come up. Come up here quickly. God wants to bring a deliverance to you tonight. Tonight is the day that you've been waiting for. 
Come on, let's just pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on, baptized believers. Come on, let's. standing at this altar, I want you to just lift your hands in the presence of Almighty God with expectancy. Those hands raised to worship Him, expect to receive something from Him today. Thank you, Lord. 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 We bless you, our Father. We thank you for bringing us to this place. We thank you, Father, for, for us gathering us here today for the privilege of your presence and and, and, and for the, the, the privilege that comes along with your presence, the goodness of the Lord in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You would not leave your children, Father, to remain in conditions that are outside of your will. You, you want them to receive your healing touch. You want them to be whole. You want them to be delivered. You want them to be sound. You want them to have peace. And you've given us grace. And you've given us mercy. And you've given us, Father, your word. You've given us your promise. You've given us your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our midst. Thank you for the glory of the Lord that's evident in this place. And even with our hands raised, and you are in the audience, if you would just extend your hands upward to before the Lord and, and just open your mouths with these who are standing here. And let's just utter worship to the Lord. Would you just worship him? Uh, I'm going to pray in just a moment, but I just need you to worship him with him. Open up your mouth. Out of your spirit, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Come on. We love you. We love you. We glorify you. We worship you. God, you are God. You're great. You're holy. You're wonderful. You're glorious. You're mighty. You're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good Father. And we bless you today, Holy Father, that you're here in our midst to minister to the needs of your children. You're not a deadbeat God, but you provide for us, and what you give us is in full supply. You are the Lord, our shepherd, and we have no lack. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, who heals us of all of our diseases. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these, your children, who stand before you tonight in need of a healing touch. Let not one of them go home disappointed, but let everyone receive healing in their body, spirit, soul, and body, I pray. Father, the whole man, may they experience healing today, Father, that will remove sickness and disease from their bodies. And so, Father, as a representative of the kingdom of yours, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I stand on your word. We stand on your word. And we make this declaration in Jesus' name. Healing is the children's bread. It's your desire to heal us. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. So we take authority over the spirit of infirmity. You foul, tormenting spirit of infirmity. We command you to cease and to desist this night in your maneuver against these the precious people of God. We come against cancer. We come against tumors. We come against growths of every kind. We come against blindness of eyes, deafness of hearing. We come against herniation in the disc. We come against arthritis. We come against lupus. We, oh my God, every sickness, every disease, we take authority over it in the name of Jesus and render it ineffective, null and void. And Holy Spirit, let the anointing of Jesus Christ, the healing virtue of the Lord, 
minister now to these from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. And we believe you to do it. And we will do as the scripture says. We shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Somebody's here not necessarily because of a, uh, an issue in their, in their physical being, not a, a matter of healing, but they're struggling. They're struggling with low self-esteem. They're struggling with an addiction. They're, they're struggling with something, Father, that they should not be struggling with. We'll leave it at this altar today. And we pray, Father, to deliver everyone in the name of Jesus. We come against that mind tormenting devil, that demon that would speak to you and keep you up at night, making you think you're a failure and condemning you or accusing you. In the name of Jesus, we declare you're free for that person that's been having nightmares. God, free you. And tonight you'll have the best sleep ever in the name of Jesus. And we believe you, Father, that you're ministering in our midst even now. And as we lay hands on these, I thank you today that they shall come to know your healing touch, being healed and made completely whole. Be healed from the crown of your head. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Healing in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Healing. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name be healed. Sickness and disease, go. In the name of Jesus, a restoration, a restoration, a restoration, Father. These pains, in the name of Jesus, loosen completely. In the name of Jesus, give them mobility and flexibility like he once had. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this, for this, this good man, this good man. Thank you, Father, for this good man. That he shall see the desires of his heart. And Father, he shall live to see it. He shall live to enjoy it. And I thank you, Father, you sending me just as a reminder uh, to not, not to give up, but to hold fast your confession of faith and have this confidence in him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently diligently seek him. The reward of the Lord be upon you. The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and hath no sorrow. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father. As only you can, even supernatural increase and abundance in his life to do some of those things, Father. To do all of those things, Father, that is in his heart to do for you. In the name of Jesus, so be it.
have faith. It doesn't require a whole lot. Just have faith in God and watch him turn your situation around. Not just for healing, not just healing for your physical body, spiritual, emotional, mental is yours today. Just have faith in God. I see your life turning around for good, favorable outcomes. Don't worry about a thing. He's everything you need him to be. He's going to show himself strong. So you just trust him. Just believe him. All that you have, just give it to him. Everything about you, just give it to him. And watch what he does with the rest of your life. It's going to be glorious. You believe that? And Father, we just bless her in Jesus' name. So be it. Thank you, Father, for this dear man.
I believe God. How about you? I believe God. I believe God. When we call upon him, he'll answer us. He'll heal us. Everybody join me standing for a moment. I believe God. I believe God. And I'm privileged to pray for those who are standing here. But I want to I do something that will take just about a minute, if you don't mind, just about a minute. Everybody that's been blessed with feet to stand. Uh, legs and feet to stand just stand and I want you to I want you to just connect with somebody um, that's near you uh, preferably um, um, preferably um, you know not not your spouse <laughs> uh, or, or, or somebody somebody else just connect with them I want you to just grab them by the hand just grab them by the hand just grab them by the hand grab them by the hand be it, be it two or three people, just grab them by the hand. And you remember what this scripture says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I, I want you to join me in joining them, even though you extend your hands this way, and I appreciate that. I want you, I want you to speak some declarations over these individuals whose hands you hold, okay? So hold those hands tightly. See, hold that hand real good, because that's what a miracle feels like, all right? And I want you, in the name of Jesus, to declare these words. Say, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and deliverance in your life, in your body. God heal you completely, totally, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. God minister his healing grace to you tonight. That will be evident, a witness of his healing power to all. We drive out sickness and disease and say according to your faith, be made whole. Furthermore, I pray, be delivered from whatever torments you in Jesus' name. And finally, I pray, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. God bless you. God bless you. Surround you with favor, abundance, increase. Come on now, you finish whatever God gives you just to declare that. Speak it over them in the name of Jesus. We come against poverty. We come against lack. We come against insufficiency. We cast it out. Prosperity before on your people today, Father. Overwhelm them with your goodness and blessing according to your word. And we thank you today that my God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let there be no anxiety, no worry about anything, Father, but a trust in you. In Jesus' name, we believe it. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Now make that person your praise partner. And let's just shout a praise to our God. Come on. Shout a praise to our King. Come on, don't whisper it. Shout a praise to our God and our King. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, you, you, remember, you remember a few minutes back and I was talking about, you know, that lottery thing. Now, I don't, I don't gamble. That's just not me. I, I just hadn't done that. But um, had, I, had I gambled and I won, I'm telling you, my generally conservative, laid-back self would be jumping up and down, hollering, screaming, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when God does something for you, Praise him proportionate to what he's done or what he's doing and according to your faith, all right? So let's be really grateful. Let's be, let's, let's, but if you really believe God, you know how you're going to act when the doctors tell you, I don't see you any, anymore. Do it right now. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout right now. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah.